Welcome to the Ringer Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to godly marriages and the trials we all face. Our goal here is to strengthen, encourage, and educate through the personal experiences we've gained in our 15 years of difficult bliss. We aren't licensed counselors or pastors, but we are experts on just about everything your relationship can weather. We've been through the Ringer, and we're still standing. Man, we're back. It's been a long, long time. It's been about, what, two months now? Oh, almost. Uh, it was Thanksgiving, I believe. Yeah. And I honestly, let me, I'll have to look to see where we left off, but. Yeah. It's a, I think attention was the last thing we talked about. I don't even know. I really don't either. So. I, I feel bad that it's been this long. Well, I mean, when your truck's running. Oh, yeah. It's um, been, been crazy. He has had, oh, God, knock on wood. Is that biblical? But he has had no truck trouble, and so he's been at work since 1st of December. We've rarely seen him. Yeah, I've been gone like 12 hours a day. Which is appropriate for this finance. Yeah. Ah. So, as far as we know, I haven't really looked up numbers, but I am pretty sure I'm dead on that financial issues are the biggest strain on a marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to tell you how we have found that out the very hard way. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, anything else we want to talk about before? I don't know, but I mean, with us, even with the financial strain that we're, we're, we're currently going through and we've been going through, I mean, it's, uh, it hasn't really been a strain on our marriage as far as our relationship. No. Just we've we've noticed small things. Yeah. Like just tension between well, all four of us actually. Not just me and you, but the yeah. kids and I know the dogs pick up on it and so there's yeah. six of us. And our kids are old enough now to where they, they understand you yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. And they know dad's gone all the time and they don't like that. No. I don't like it either, but I've kept myself busy. Yeah. So but I guess we should tell everybody how we got here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We could probably talk for oh, you know, twenty-four hours oh or more gosh. just on this topic. We could do an abbreviated story. Yeah. Because it's a fifteen almost sixteen year old story. Yeah. So and, and yeah, and we're you know, like Jessica said, we're just gonna we're gonna be talking about just kind of our story today. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's any like life happenings that have gone on since we left off. I know we have two teenagers now. Yeah. Our um, youngest just turned 13. Yeah. Um, we're currently in the editing process of a book. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. Uh, I started writing a book several months ago, and uh, the book is called Outgiving God, which is a very abrasive title. Uh, but it's a very abrasive story, too. Yeah. And it, well, it's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Yes. But what else have we done? We had a good Christmas. We did. And the new year has been okay. And we've also made some pretty strong life decisions Mm -hmm. that we honestly finally have peace about. Yes. I mean, that one, we'll get to that too. Right. But it's been a a good break from, you know, the last time we were here. Mm Mm-hmm. It's been good for us. You know, for about the past three years, every every time a new year starts, I, I've told her, you know, hey, I think, I feel like this, this is going to be our breakout <laughs> year. This is the year that things are going to change. And 
uh, man, I really, really hope that this year is that well, year for I us. I think we should say it's going to be. It's going to. We have to trust that it's going to be. Yes. That's something we've learned. Right. That's, you know, you, we talked about trusting in a previous podcast episode, but it's different when you're having to trust your spouse and when you're having to trust God. Yeah, and it's really hard. Uh, it's For me personally, it's really hard. Not, I hate to say it's hard to trust God, but it's hard to trust God when you don't see any answered prayer. Or any um, substantial answered prayer. Right. We have seen many tiny, little bitty, hey, I'm still here. Right. Motions. But, you know, he always does best. So mm-hmm. it's been... By the way, this is like a therapy session. Yeah, for I us. Agree. I mean, every I agree. time we record, it's like we don't need a therapist. We'll just talk it out with each other. Right, Pearl, you're going to have to get out from under my feet, honey. But um, so we enjoy doing this, and I hope that I hope that you are learning something. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, this you know this this podcast today. I mean, it's I'm, I'm sure you'll learn some stuff. From, I'm kind of hemming and hawing around it, so because it's. It's still, it's, it's something we're in the middle of still. And so it's kind of, it's hard. Yeah. And just editing the book is hard for me. Yeah. We're finished, or I'm finished writing it and, and I've, uh, I've hired my beautiful wife to edit it. Uh, I'm because, expensive. Because she's, uh, expensive. Yeah. Okay. Pearl. Sorry. I've got dogs crawling all over me. Hey, Pearl, Fiona, y'all go lay down under the couch or somewhere go go lay down go go okay so anyway just to get us i guess start us off at the beginning about let's say your dad got the contract in 2002 correct so 17 years ago around at that time i guess uh, rusty's dad somehow got this amazing contract Mm -hmm. with walmart I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there because they don't listen and I don't care. Right. But we got a contract with Walmart to buy their box damaged goods and, well, actually, new stuff too. Just anything they couldn't put on their floor or anything they pulled off their floor with new packaging and everything was extremely good stuff, liquidation type stuff, that type store. His dad, his mom and dad moved to Alabama and opened the store and they got a, an exclusive contract with Walmart mm-hmm. to, and I say exclusive because there was no one single person that had ever gotten a contract. It's all, it had all been companies or wholesalers. Right. So his dad was very unique and it was all because of a relationship he had with someone that was higher up in Walmart, the vice president actually. So anyway, they got that contract, they opened the store the store was extremely successful. I now, married into it. Yeah, well, the reason the store was successful was because the the contract was to buy the uh, buy Walmart's salvaged loads, and you know, like like Jessica just said, I mean, there were good grief. I mean, just tons of items on these loads. Different, you know, TVs, diapers, toys. You know, I mean, just everything that Walmart carries, there's a sample of it on on each truck. And the reason it was the store was so successful was because these trucks would have a retail value of 
you know, eighty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars or more. Maybe it was average. Yeah, hundred twenty, hundred fifty. I mean, we got high. And our our cost for these loads were about thirty five hundred dollars each. Yeah. And so by the time you add in freight, let's say we're paying four thousand a load. Well, if if you have eighty thousand retail and you sell it for half price, then you made forty thousand and you paid out four thousand. And we would get two truckloads a week. Yeah. So average. you're yeah. So you're looking at a profit of, of thirty six thousand per load per week, and we were doing two of those a week. And that was just in Alabama. So yeah. I married into that. Rusty had decided to stop his airline career mm-hmm. before that and move and help his dad, his mom and dad, with the store. Because I like to eat. Yes. You can't eat as a, a pilot. No. Uh, Not starting out. We'll get to that, too. Yeah. But um, anyway, he took over as manager. Uh, we got married. We did that for five years. He managed his store, and it was... I can't even tell... It wasn't just successful. It was overwhelmingly successful. Yeah. Because everyone, I don't care what the numbers say... I don't care about unemployment. I don't care about how the, you know, income is rising. It's not. Everybody wants a deal. Mm-hmm. And so when they could get a TV for half of what they could get on a retail floor, right. you, you, there's no way to keep them from coming in. They're going to be there. Right. So after five years, we decided we lived in Alabama at the time. We had the kids, but we decided that we just didn't feel like we fit there. Mm-hmm. And we needed to make, and also we had had the the drug incident and the incident and the drowning and, and the kid kid yeah. you know dying and all that good stuff. We were ready to to start over. So and we wanted seasons. Mm-hmm. We really needed some winter in our lives for some reason and less humidity. So we moved to Tennessee, and we had so much favor with Walmart because we had had a good track record with them and you have to with someone that big yeah they allowed us to take on loads here in tennessee so instead of the two to three a week that we got in alabama his dad also got those loads and so did we right they they were so good to us Mm -hmm. they really were and they uh they would call us all the time, you know, once we opened, hey, do you want this load? Yeah, mm-hmm. we sure do. But we opened here in 2008, and it was just as successful and more. Yeah, now the big difference between the two stores, uh, in Alabama, my parents, when they opened it, they owned 85% of the store. Right. And my brother and sister and I each had 5%. And that went up a little bit each year. Yeah. Uh, but when... When we moved to Tennessee, then Jessica and I owned 100% of the store. We took on all of the risk. Yeah. And we we came here with a small business loan. Well, Mm -hmm. it was personal, but we used it for business and startup and everything. And we decided Middle Tennessee was the place. I'm glad we did. Mm -hmm. I'm still glad we're here. But we thought, you know... Where we came from was super small. Mm-hmm. The town that we were in was like 3,000 people. Oh, it's that, yeah. We had a little bit of, you know, outside traffic, a lot of interstate traffic. Yeah. But here, we had a population. I think when we moved here, it was like, what, 75,000? Yeah, it was around there. And now it's 150,000-ish, mm-hmm. if not more. Pearl, your tail is thumping at the desk. Honey, you've got to go. You're getting yeah, on our 
Go lay down. But anyway. Go lay down. We honestly didn't know how we would be received, but week two, we had no more doubts. Mm-hmm. October 2008 is when we opened, and we sailed through, gosh, how many? Two years. Two full years with that contract. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. It was more than we expected. Right. And we started accumulating a mass amount of wealth mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time. And remember, we came from very humble beginnings. Yeah. I came from a small town and where everyone's poor. Rusty came from a small town where most people are poor. Right. And so any kind of extra income for us, we didn't know what, I mean, that was new. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh, Pearl. Hush. But so we, I guess that was our mark of success, just having extra. Yeah. So you're welcome to take over. Well, I was going to say, since, uh, you know, we, we, we were making a fantastic income and uh, so we, we decided really early on that, you know, hey, we've got everything we need, so yeah. let's use our excess money to help other people. Yeah. And actually starting within like the first several weeks we were open, uh, we started we started uh, giving to people. Well, our first promotion, uh, just to get our name out, we bought those um, location stickers, like, you, you know, the... Like you'll see Tabby Island stickers yeah, or PCB for Family right, City Beach right, or something. Right, white and black stickers. Right. Well, we thought it would be really funny to make some that just had LO or Liquidation Outlet, which was the name of our store. Right. And we passed them out. Mm-hmm. As people checked out, we're like, put this on your car, and if we see you out, we'll give you $100. Yeah. And so we, we gave out $100 per day. Oh, at least. Five days a week. Yeah, we broke that rule. We yeah. said one a day, but I mean, we could go to four a day. If we oh. saw them, we were like, here, here, here. Yeah. We were so excited because we could do that. Yeah. And this was in the middle of the recession and so many unemployed people when we moved here. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that, honestly, until we got here. But it helped people well, eat. Well, that, and it also showed people that, hey, we're not here to try and swindle you. We're not no. here, you know, we're not a fly-by-night company. We're, we're, a, we're a real family. Invested in with our community. A, yeah, with a real business invested in our community. And, uh, you know, we're, we're Christians, and we want to show that. We want to put our money where our mouth is. And we never shied away from that. No. We, we played Christian, contemporary Christian music throughout the store. Mm-hmm. And we actually had so many comments about that. Oh, People yeah. really liked that. Yeah. And everything we gave, we gave in God's name. Yes. People knew. If they, if our name was attached to it in any way, you, you know, my, ours personally or the stores, we made sure they knew this was a gift from God. Mm-hmm. This wasn't from us. Right. So we did that for a long time. I mean, just... The money that kept coming in was substantial, like I've said, and we could make up to, uh, how much did we profit a month? I mean, real I mean, numbers there, need to be given. There were, there were months where our net profit, I mean, after everything was paid, you know, it would be fifty or $60,000. I, I remember one Black Friday, now this is, uh, we were still in the College Street building. Mm-hmm. 
we made $32,000 yeah. in one day. In one day. Let's say made, we, in sales. Right. We sold $32,000 worth of goods. Mm-hmm. And I could not understand that money. Right. It was just, it was overwhelming. And it, well, you know, the crazy thing about it was the majority of products in our store were 50 cents or a dollar yeah. or $5. Yeah. Yeah. We would have bicycles and televisions. Yeah, I mean, we would have a, phone. a few big ticket items, but but the majority of that was made on, you know, nickel and dime Absolutely. type merchandise. I mean, we would have a an empty floor. Mm-hmm. We would have to prepare for the Tuesday after Black Friday a week in advance because we wouldn't have anything left. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, it, the the store was so successful that every Saturday. Oh, yeah. We would have to, at the end of the day, we would have to prepare for Tuesday because we were open Tuesday through Saturday, closed on Sunday and Mondays. But uh, every Saturday at the end of the day, we would have to prepare the store for Tuesday because it would be completely cleaned out. Empty. We would go in normally every Saturday night. We would go with the kids after we'd go out to eat or something Mm -hmm. and do the books. And we would walk through the store and it would just be, tables would be empty. Mm -hmm. And that... (laughs) I mean, for us, it was a blessing. Yeah. And so what we did when we, I think it was our first, maybe our second year in business, we got our giving statement back mm-hmm. for, well, you know, what we had turned into the, to taxes. And on paper, we had given two thirds of what we had brought in. Right. So we had lived off of one third of what we made, right? Which was still way more than we needed. Plenty, yeah. And I, I felt guilty that we hadn't given more when I saw the the real number, mm-hmm. because we had no debt except for the little house we lived in. Right. We paid cash for everything. We had purchased the piece of land we live on by then. Yeah. Um. No, but we hadn't purchased the beach house lot yet. That was 2011, wasn't it? I think so. So we had, you know, little investments here and there Mm -hmm. that we didn't think much of. We got the girls' college fund set up, um, you know, 529s. But every year we paid like 250,000 in taxes. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. That, do that math, and you'll see where we stood as far as income. Mm -hmm. So this went on for, how long were we in that? Six years? Yeah, we were in there until the end of 2014. Okay, so before that, Walmart, when they do this, I think every large company does this to fix their bottom line. I don't know. I don't, I I don't know. But that contract that was, well, the gift, I guess. Mm -hmm. We were told in April of 2010 that in August of that year, we would no longer be allowed to purchase truckloads from Walmart. Right. We had to, starting then, we would have to go through a third party. So I got mad and um, I wrote a letter to the CEO's wife. Mm-hmm. Of Walmart, yeah. Yeah, because they, I mean, after August, they're like, sorry. Yeah, they pretty much threw us under the bus. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had done everything by the book. We yeah. had, uh, we, we did things that they asked us to do. And more. Mm-hmm. We were we we babied that contract mm-hmm. because it was well it was our food. Yeah. And it was our giving. I think that was the biggest thing. Whenever yeah. they hit us, it was like, oh my, what are we gonna do? We, these people need this money. Right. So 
we I wrote that letter and the next thing I know we're getting a phone call saying oh hey so the people that got your contract Mm-hmm. you're going to be able to purchase trucks through them for the same price plus like $500. Yeah. So our lives changed zero. Right. Really. Except, you know, they bumped it up $500 or so. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we went, that carried on for the rest of the time they were in the Coffin Street right. building. And what year was it that... 2014? Yes. Okay. So, six years later, after we opened, um, our landlord came to us, and he told us, hey, I need you to move. Yeah. I've got another tenant that, that wants to move in here. He had tried to convince us to move, starting a couple years before oh, that, yeah. into a super large old, old grocery store. Yeah, that was in a horrible area of town. <laughs> There was, uh, there you was know, crime, like crazy. Crime. There was a Dollar General a couple doors down. It was a strip mall with a uh, the anchor store in the middle being an old grocery store. There were like halfway houses across the street. Yeah. That were guarded twenty four hours by, well, security. Yeah, and he wanted us to move in there. Uh, see, we signed a five year lease in two thousand eight when we moved here, and so once the five years were up, he didn't give us another lease. We just started paying month to month. Uh, yeah, and we didn't understand, but we started looking for businesses, from for buildings. I right, mean. right. And there's nothing in town oh, nothing. at the time. There was zero that that suited what we. Well, they were either too big, or there's no parking, or it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, or there wasn't a truck dock. There was nothing. Yeah, so we did find one building that needed a truck dock. We're like, ugh, do we want to put that expense into our? Do we want to try to figure this out? Right. And so we're like, eh, never mind. We'll just hang on to him. Well, then we didn't have a choice. Yeah. The next thing we know, he's wanting us to move because someone else wanted our building. I've never heard of something like that, but I'll also never owned commercial realty. So, so yeah, so he, forced, so he forced us out in December of 2014, and our only option was to move into this, you know, Crack house grocery store. 30,000 square feet? 30,000 square feet. We were at 9,600 in our original store. Right. So we more than tripled the size. And, you know, like you just said, we did not want to move. No. I mean, we had a strong customer base that knew where our store was. Yeah. Um, and, and and just moving, it there's there was nothing good about it. You know, I'll admit that I did. I thought it would, because the parking was bigger. Right. And I thought, oh, this is good. And it's going to be right next to our school. It was across the street from the girls' school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hey, the teachers will be able to come over now during lunch if they want to. I was trying to find the positive. I was excited about it. But then I realized after we went through the numbers together that it would triple everything we had already been paying. Like right. all of our overhead would go from what it was to three times what it was. Yeah. Because you triple your space, you triple utilities, and you have to fill that store up. You mm-hmm. have to have employees that can process because we have to go through it. We had to go through it in the back. Rent everything. Rent everything. Yeah. Everything tripled. And when you do that, you cut into anything you make as profit or mm-hmm. anything. Right. So, 2000, it was 2015, February, I believe, that we moved in. January? Or yeah, January 2015. By, and, and, go ahead. 
No, you go ahead. Well, I, was, I was just going to say that, I mean, I don't want to make this whole podcast about the store. But, but that's uh, what it is. That's where it started. Uh, but 2015, when we moved into the building, uh, probably for the first five or six months, things seemed pretty normal. Yeah. Our sales were still, uh, they didn't increase, but they stayed the same. But with the with the triple overhead, that was a, a huge blow to our profits. Yeah. Uh, we, we maintained our standard of living mm-hmm. because I... The way I can remember this is we finished our beach house right that year right on the little the tiny sliver of beachfront property that we had mm-hmm. basically stolen from a guy from England yeah but we built a very small beach house but the cost of building there is the same as it is here mm-hmm. so you know you don't put much into right a property like that so to own something like that was not. Oh, it was really nothing yeah. at the time. So we had that finished, and then we came. We had this uh, ministry idea. Yeah, the provision air, the airplane thing. I mean, we should just let them buy the book, right? Yeah. Okay, so we the ministry thing we launched. We'll talk about that later sometime, I guess. Yeah. But um, we launched it in summer. Yeah, summer uh, of fifteen, and the. The day we launched it, uh, the Provisionary Ministry, the day we launched it, our sales dropped to nothing. Nothing. Zero. I mean, I, I say zero, but we didn't even make enough to cover what it cost to be open that day. Right. And that trend did not change. No, it just it, it kept going downhill. We hadn't changed at all. Mm-mm. Nothing we were bringing into the store was different. No. Our store was really nice, yeah, too. Yeah, we had the same employees, had the same products, same prices. No competition. No competition. Everything was uh, exactly the same. Yeah. But we launched that ministry, and sales just dropped. Everything died. Yeah. And so, you know, we just kept limping along, hoping things would improve. And by December of 2015, we were at the point where we were going to have to either close the doors or go bankrupt. And we closed the doors. And we closed the doors. Now, the bad part was that we had just signed a five-year lease on this building. With the clerical error that had your name still tied to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, we could have walked away clean. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, there's so much dirty, dirty stuff that goes on in business. Yeah. If you're not willing to deal with those people, do not go into business for yourself. By that's the way, my, that's my caution. Disclaimer here: if if um, if you ever deal in business and someone claims that they're a Christian business person, be very, very, very cautious. Yeah. Be very leery. Yeah. Uh, if that's be- their biggest thing about who they are were Christians. Yeah, we found time after time after time that when you work with so-called Christian business people, you're probably going to get burned. Bad. Worse than you would have if you dealt with somebody that didn't care about God. And again, another good reason to buy the book. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) So, um, we closed the doors and it broke our hearts because it was Christmas Eve Mm -hmm. and we loved our employees. Yeah. We... And the one thing we had tried to do for them as a business was provide insurance, and we did. Mm-hmm. We provided insurance, and 
bonuses and incentives to be well to, to do a good job right. to enjoy where they worked and we were always kind to them we hired a manager that was good to them yeah i mean we felt it was very important to share the wealth with them yeah and well you and to witness to them because mm-hmm. you witness to them they witness to others that that's our goal right. that was our that's how we lived and that's why we gave so much mm-hmm. When everything was said and done in uh, Murfreesboro, we had we were bound to this five-year lease. Mm-hmm. And this same landlord, instead of, I guess he, I don't know, I don't even care. I'm not going to protect him. But he was the type, and it probably still is the type, to not be the kind to just let you go. Yeah. You know, hey, I see that. I see. I'm just going to let... All it is is a piece of paper. I'm just going to tear it up. But that's not the man he is. No. His dollar is more important than our family. Well, not only that, but, but, you know, we were one year into our five-year lease, and we even brought him a buyer... Yeah, of the building. ...that bought that building from him for millions of dollars. I mean, we personally texted this guy that purchased the building from him. Yeah. And we connected those two... He bought the building immediately. Yeah. It's, he still owns it. So our landlord made millions of dollars off that deal, but he still would not let us out of because the five-year lease. Because his secretary had messed up the contract, he bound us to it. Yeah. Christian business owner. Right. So um, I'm not worried about his soul. He needs to be. <laughs> he needs to be. So um, we had to move. Again, yeah. This man had a building an hour away. Same exact flipping building. Mm-hmm. I get so angry when I think about that. Yeah. But um, same BS we had to move through. We moved to Winchester, Tennessee. Same mm-hmm. setup. Same. We started getting merchandise from a second, another vendor at this time. But did we get re- that stuff from Rico? Mm-hmm. And this third party was not the same one that Walmart had set us up with that those people actually lost their contract too yeah because Walmart Walmart just they have these ideas they never work out and they always get bitten yeah they've got they'll always have these harebrained ideas that, like, oh. that, that completely screw the people that are depending on them and themselves later right and then two years later they're like oh crap we lost a lot of money um yeah you did yeah but um so this other vendor that we were connected with, they are the scabs of the earth. Yeah. One of some of the worst people. Yeah, our our loads kept increasing in price and the the quality of merchandise kept going down and down and down. Not just quality, but quantity. Yeah. We had empty boxes more than we had full boxes on right. some pallets. Right. And they would just go, oh, sorry. So it got to the point where we were paying about 7000 bucks per load, and the retail value of the load would be maybe... 25 to 40 Oh, if, if No, that. on paper. On they, paper, They yeah. wrote that yeah. down. I'm not saying that's what it was worth. No. I mean, we would pay 7000 for a truckload, and we would do 4500 in sales. But we were like, that's fine. That's fine. We have... We have plenty of money. We're still good. Mm-hmm. As long as we can keep this place open. We had been approached by a friend mm-hmm. at our school that is a developer. And he was building a metal 
or a steel framed building. Yeah, metal frame building. And he hadn't started it yet. This was that same December. December 15th. It was in the middle of town. It was in the area that is, well, all developed now, but was being developed. And we're like, yes, we will take that. He mm-hmm. was going to divide it into three little parcels. And one of them, the largest one, was perfect mm-hmm. for what we needed. And well, except for the dock, but we figured that out. So anyway, he um, he's like, it'll be done in April. This was this would have been the April after we had to close. Right. So our thought was, well, let's open in Winchester and then somehow get out of the lease with Scott. Yeah. Because this building will be done in six months. Those things take no time to get ready. Right. And it we were such a low maintenance business that we just threw things together. Mm-hmm. And we knew how to do it because we'd done it multiple times. Yeah. So no problem. So we opened in Winchester and we only made enough to cover our employees and Brian and the rent. And right. Sometimes utilities. Yeah. And no profit. Absolutely none. And it, we were still okay. We still had plenty of money. Our kids were still in their private school. They still are today. Mm-hmm. But um, because it's very important. So they, um, the town did not like us. And they were not shy about it. Nope. Not a bit. The tenure we had there was some of the most... Oh, I hated it. I mm-hmm. hated being there. I did too. That lasted until May. Yeah, it wasn't that long. So like five months. Yeah. We ended up giving all of our inventory to an employee that thought he wanted to take over the business there. And it's fine with us because it got us out of our contract with right. the landlord. Right. That was smart, but then it was stupid because... Anyway. Um... Notice I'm trying to be really nice about things. Some things. Some yeah. things. Well, our, the new building that was being, the new metal frame building that was being built uh, and was supposed to be ready in April of 16. Um, well, when April of 16 got here, uh, you know, we'd drive by it every day to see the progress. Because it was right down the road from our right, house. Right. And April of 16, it was still a field. It was grass. Still grass out there. And we're like, oh, okay. And May and June and July, it was still grass. And August and September and October, it was well, still grass. Well, I'll say, he did say August. He also said August. But yeah. what's going on? I'll be August, be August. Yeah. So we're like, okay, okay. So we start, uh, while we're waiting on this building that's not doing anything, um, you know, we're, we're starting to burn through our reserves. Yeah, because, well, you know, there are times that we had to use our reserves to keep our store open. Right. And we decided that was enough. We're not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we closed up Winchester, and we knew we wanted to take care of our manager and his family because he had been good to us, and we couldn't leave him. Right. We just couldn't leave a family of four with nothing. Right. And his his salary was sixty thousand a year, which comes out to five thousand a month. And we knew that we could cover that. I mean, we we knew that whatever we did with our store. Mm-hmm. If we thought about opening it in another small town, we could cover his salary until the building was finished. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, from start to finish, it's a two-month project. Yeah. Well, we opened in Woodbury, Tennessee, which is super small. Yeah. But it's closer to Murfreesboro. Right. People were complaining that we were too far. They wanted to shop with us, but they couldn't. But they didn't want to drive the 16 miles to Woodbury. Yeah. So we opened there, and 
that was the first time in that location where we would experience, I think our lowest every day was $109. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, that definitely, the, the rent there was not cheap. But we stayed in Woodbury for about six months. And during this time, we ended up having to sell my, my vehicle mm-hmm. to pay bills. And then after the first of 2017, <coughs> sorry, that beach house that we built, we had to sell it too. Yeah. And it, I will say it was, it was, uh, it wasn't fun, but no. we, it was, we realized that we had made a very good investment. Yeah. When it came to the beach house. I mean, yeah. we didn't need it. We loved it. And if he ever puts it on the market and we win the lottery, I'm buying it back. Right. But. Now, granted, the selling of your vehicle and the selling of the beach house, all this was a result because the building was still not ready. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So, we keep waiting. This was a year later. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think we had any, even in a slab by then. Did we have a slab? I don't think so. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But in 2017, we sold the beach house. We took the profit. And we paid off everything we owed. Everything except our house. Yeah. We'd taken out small, small bank loans. Yeah. Just like small business loans. We paid them all back. We were debt free except for the house. We purchased my, a new vehicle for me. And we were doing really well. Mm-hmm. And we had been told, uh, as we sell this beach house, we had been told that it'll be done by like April. Mm-hmm. You know. Of 17. Right. <clears throat> So that so, came and went. Yeah. So the money, the money we made, the profit we made from the beach house, uh, we um, we had planned to set aside about half of it because we were going to have to stock the store with merchandise, yep. you know, advertise, you know, all the business permits, all the stuff that we goes into. We wanted to do it the right way. Right. Right. And so we, uh, you know, with an April 2017 time frame. You know, we looked at our finances and we said, hey, this will work out really well, you know, because we'll be able to open in April, have a store load of great stuff and have, you know, 50 or 60 grand in the bank, you know, just in case we need it for anything. And so the plan was was working out really well uh, until April came around. And there was no store. And there was no building. There was no walls. There was nothing. Yeah. And we're like, dude, June. I know it was June because I don't know why, but... We had already closed Woodbury mm-hmm. because it was costing us to stay open. Yeah. It would have been cheaper for us to just pay for everything out of pocket, including Brian's salary. Yeah. So and what, what we did. Let me interject here. I mean, we're, we're in June of 17 now. We have not had an income since, since December of 15. Right. Nothing. Nothing other right. than our investments that we cashed in. Right. So we're, we're already at a year and a half of no income. Yeah. And surviving on what we had, you know, in the bank, which wasn't a whole lot, and our our investments, our beach house and stuff like that, that we had to start well, selling well, off. Since we had paid everything off, we didn't have much to pay for. Right. Everything that cost us was our business. Mm-hmm. And it, we had rent for that little Woodbury place that, because they wouldn't lease it to anyone that asked for it. Right. Or they shot down everybody. And so 
we had to pay for that. Um, we had a bill for the place called Recon that we got our merchandise from. from. And so we, because we are good stewards, we um, we agreed to pay them a little every month to pay off what we owed, mm-hmm. even though we had no contract saying we would. Right. And we also kept paying our manager and then him. five grand a month. Yeah. For all these months yeah. that we were not making an income, we continued to pay him five grand a month because we didn't want, you know, to, to put him in the same situation we were in. Right. And when we sold our beach house, since we had loved it so much and since we were, that was like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You know, we have done, I cannot believe we actually have a beach house right. type people. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But um, after we sold it, I told him, told Rusty that I did not want to use any of our money on this store. Like, what we had had earned on the sale, I wanted it to be a personal... Mm-hmm. I wanted us to keep it. Right. And use it how we wanted to. I didn't want it to invest it into the store. And that was not the money I'm talking... You know, that, that we had planned on using mm-hmm. to open the other stores. But everything else, everything extra, I didn't want to give it away. I was sick of giving things away that God had given us to do yeah. good things with. Right. So anyway, around um, October, we finally forced our way into this building. I don't know that it even had a door. Yeah. When we told him we're moving in. Yeah, October. I, I'm not joking. October of 2017, we went to the landlord and we said, hey, look, dude, we are. We're moving in. We're moving in. We're strapped. We're out of money. He's like, oh, God. We've got to move in. I'll tell you that we got a lot of excuses, and and I'm not going to act like I believe any of them because they were all different. And then another one, another one that just makes my head hurt. Yeah. But anyway. So by the the time October 17 rolled around uh, and we were able to get into the building to open our liquidation store, we were were completely out of money. Broke. And we'd gone through our beach house money. We'd gone through, I mean, everything. And so we started to, uh, we had to take out a second mortgage on our house. And, uh, you know, we were, uh, we actually had to do that before the store was ready. I know. And we burned through that money. Yeah. And so by the time. And it wasn't a large amount. No, no. But by the time October 17 rolled around and we were able to get in and open the business, uh, we we had very little money to buy merchandise to stock it. We had no money. We didn't have any extra to buy. Well, we had credit cards, pretty That's much. That's what I was saying. Yeah. When we and just to, to clarify, we never used credit cards. No. For personal use, the only thing we used them for was to purchase things online and then pay it off. Yeah. We never lived on credit cards. Right. We had two personal ones and one for the store through Sam's. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't bought like different things we needed from Sam's for the store. We always paid them off mm-hmm. all the time. So we had this large credit on one of our cards, one of our personal cards. Yeah, I had a personal card with a $30,000 limit on it. And uh, I went to uh, somewhere in Kentucky to yeah. to purchase the inventory to stock our store with. And yeah, I mean, 30000 sounds like a lot of money, but it doesn't buy very good merchandise not when you've got anymore. to fill out the store. Not anymore. And so I maxed out that credit card that day. It had a zero balance, yeah. and I maxed it out that day yeah. 
and bought $30,000 worth of merchandise. And we still owe $30,000 on that card yeah. today. And <laughs> and we stocked the we we got all the merchandise here. We stocked the store. It was subpar merchandise at best. Yeah. And so we finally opened the liquidation store and our very first day we did about 7,500 yeah. in sales. Yeah, and then it was, to me, that was really promising. And it was like, oh man, we're back, Thank finally. Oh man, yeah, we've got debt now, but hey, you and know. We, we will be able to handle this. And that first day was our only day of good sales. Yeah, and the guy that, uh, the landlord, the owner of the building, immediately came to us and said, well, I'll need you to pay rent. Yeah. Okay. It's like, okay, so you owe us like this much money for the uh, wait period. The, the, all the money we blew through, you're going to have to wait till we have money. Right. And, oh, you're a Christian too. Well, that's good because the last Christian businessman really did us right. Yeah. Can't wait to see what you do. Right. And, and I'm just going to, you know, Rusty and I absolutely, absolutely said we were Christian owners, business Mm -hmm. owners, but we lived it out. Yeah. So it took all of four months to end that store Mm -hmm. and end our income completely. Right. Nothing. Yeah. In the middle of the whole OMG period of what are we going to do, I think it was right after the 2018, first of the year. He, uh, friend, a friend of ours and Rusty had been talking about the uh, necessity of dump trucks around here mm-hmm. because of all the development that's going on. Yeah. And he he'd grown up with I think his stepdad mm-hmm. owned oh well, owned I don't know if he still does but a quarry, and so that's what he grew up with. He, that's right. all he knew growing up. He's like, man, dump trucks make good money. Yeah. And so, after that conversation, Rusty kept that in his head, and when we hit the uh, the mark of, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rusty's brain kicked in. I don't know, I don't even know how you've remembered that. I don't either, but I looked online, I found a used dump truck. On and, Craigslist, right? Uh, well, first I found one at like a used car dealership oh, okay. type thing that handled heavy equipment, and they had a credit application you could fill out online. Right. And I was already thinking, all right, my credit is shot. Yeah, no, no credit. You know, I'm, I'm crazy in debt. I've got no income, and my credit is shot. There's no way I'll get approved for this. And so I filled out the credit app. And the next day, the, the credit company that handles that called me and said, hey, you're approved for $75,000. And we're like, what? And so I went out, and I found a dump truck for about... Uh, I think it was thirty-seven five, yeah, thirty-seven thousand yeah. five hundred, and uh, so I bought the dump truck. Had no idea how to drive a dump truck. You know how to d- drive a stick. I could drive a stick, but driving a stick shift and driving a a uh, manual dump truck are two completely different. I'm things. glad you didn't know the difference though, because you, if you had, you probably wouldn't have been like, "Oh, I'll do that." Yeah. But we found out real quick when we tried to drive it home. Yeah. That was fun. Yes. Man. Oh, it's just been like a comedy of errors. Yeah. You know, to uh, uh, count, let me back up a little bit. Um, since we are talking about finances, I think we've mentioned this before. But as far as our giving goes, 
Um, I was getting there. Okay. Well, you can keep going then. That's fine. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. You're so pretty. Just go ahead. <laughs> what I was going to say is, I mean, that's where we are now. We have gone from multi-millionaires. Yes. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you we brought in millions of dollars. And we, yeah, we gave away, like she said, you know, we lived on one third. We gave away two thirds. And so, I mean, you know, when it, when it was all said and done, we'd given away, given away over $2 million. And that's on paper. On paper. And we actually gave more yeah. that no one knew about. Right. Uh, I'm probably twice. Yeah. Because we didn't need it. Right. And we would see someone that did. Uh, just an example. And I told him not too long ago, a couple days, well, a couple weeks ago, that this is a story that I'll never forget because it, it was the one that made me feel... I hate to say good, because, but you're, I guess you are able to feel good about something you do. It's okay. Yeah. But he had gone to Publix one night while I was home with the kids to grab something we needed from some groceries or whatever. And he pulled up next to a van that had one of the older LO stickers. This mm-hmm. is like three years past our little promotion. Oh, yeah. We had, we had stopped doing the $100 yeah. a day thing years ago. And an elderly couple got out. And I don't know how old they were, but, I mean, let's just say 70s. Yeah. And they got out, and they were walking into the store, and he noticed, Rusty noticed, that there was a sticker on their van. And because we always had cash in our pockets mm-hmm. and always had plenty, mm-hmm. he uh, said, hey... I see you have an L.O. sticker. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was very apprehensive about approaching them. It was, it was dark. Because it was dark, and, um, uh, but I went up to them, and I said, hey, um, you, know, I hate to, you know, I hate to bother you, but I noticed you had an L.O. sticker on your car. And they said, yeah, you know, and I, I, I mean, this was years ago, so I can't remember exactly oh, like, what we said. We love that store. Yeah, but, yeah, we love that store. And I said, well... You know, my wife and I own that store, and since you have that sticker on your car, here's your hundred dollars. I want to give you a hundred dollars, and I handed him like a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, and he cried. Yeah, the guy started crying. The man started crying. They both did, and it's because he told Rusty, "We are in a position where we either buy our prescriptions mm-hmm. or our food." Yeah, and we don't have enough money to buy both. Our our grandparents should never be in this position. Right. And it, it I just I hate the, more often than not, that is what's going on with their, our older people. Mm-hmm. And for him to be able to hand that money to them, that's the kind of giving we did every single day. Every day. When we had the money. Yeah. And today, if people were to come to us and say, "Hey, could you help us with this?" Mm-hmm. And it may not be monetary, but if it's with our time or, you know, I do T-shirts. If Hey, could you print up these T-shirts? I'll do it for free. Right. I'm not, that's how we can give back. That's how mm-hmm. we serve. But we did that until we couldn't. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even when we can't, we do still do what we can. And so here we are. This summer, but that back to that story real quick. Okay. By by giving them the hundred dollars, they were able to buy their medications and, and buy groceries. Right. And I mean that was that was nothing but God working through me. We saw that every day. Every day. 
And it was so fun. Big my eyes water up just thinking about I know. it. It was so fun though. And it it's was, and, it, oh. and it's hey, now it's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Because we can't do we that. We see now. it and we see it and we're one of those people now. We're the people, yeah. I mean, like like you just said, we went from multimillionaires to uh, we're currently we're currently in bankruptcy right now. Yeah. We have And to, probably not gonna be here much longer. Yeah, that was the whole life decision we made yeah but um in this this past summer we hit a spot where we're like oh so we had two lawsuits which are i'm not gonna talk about but that that we have to defend ourselves against that we couldn't afford mm-hmm. we had a business credit card that two one that was also suing us for payment yeah well i get that um but we couldn't pay it yeah we had everything else we owed for, mm-hmm. you know? And so we we aren't the kind to go at things rationally. We will panic. Mm-hmm. And then we make decisions. Right. We, you know, you're supposed to pray about it. And we did. I did. And I, since we didn't hear anything opposing this bankruptcy, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. Even though... Once we decided to do this, I had this really sick feeling that it wasn't biblical, that this bankruptcy was not what God wanted for us. Right. And he he is a mystery most of the time. Mm-hmm. But there are so many times that I can look back now and go, he was telling us so hard yeah. not to do something. Mm-hmm. And we went ahead and did it. And now we're reaping that. Yeah. You know, the reaping what you sow thing. And so, being in this bankruptcy has been the biggest nightmare. Yes. And I will tell you all right now, unless it is the very last thing you can do to save yourselves, stay as far away from it as you can Mm -hmm. and work through it. Yeah. If you don't know, everyone that you owe money to will work with you. Every single one, because if you go through bankruptcy, they only get a portion of what you owe, yeah. a very small percentage. Yeah. If it's an unsecured creditor, right. like a credit card right. or something like that. They don't get anything. They get 1% of what you owe. Like, one person's going to get $300. Right. You know? And so, if we, if you go to them and you work, even a bank, mm-hmm. they're going to sit down with you and fix this for you because they want what, they, what you're owing them. Right. We didn't think about that. We didn't, and we weren't so far gone. We just knew that they'd come get our house, though. But we weren't so far gone that we couldn't do this. I mean, we were just barely behind on the house payments. We yeah. Were, you know? Well, yeah, for us, I mean, it was like death by a thousand cuts. Right. It wasn't one thing that was overwhelming. It was a hundred things, a hundred thought, small things that are coming at you at the same time. And then we would have truck repairs that... <coughs> Excuse me. That... Mm-hmm. Truck repairs are not cheap. Yeah, dump truck repairs. And that stupid truck, every time we turned around this past summer, well, until Christmas, Mm -hmm. it it was two weeks work, two weeks off. And it's like, we can't eat if he's not making money. Mm -hmm. So, and yes, I have tried to find work, but no one wants a graphic designer that's been gone 15 years from an agency. Yeah. And I'm not driving to Nashville because, I mean, you pay to work, so I'm not doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then who takes care of my children? Right. So, after, I don't know how, if you've prayed about it, because I didn't ask you, but after I prayed really, okay, we need to to tell them about this. 
about our your awakening. That's what I was about to say. Okay. So after we got ourselves into this bankruptcy mess, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying real hard to hold my language today. It's not something I'm good at. Especially when I talk about the money, because I hate money. Well let me let me let me give you a, a quick example. <coughs> Excuse me. We're already at fifty five. Yeah, before, this will be a long one. Yeah, before we filed for bankruptcy, our monthly expenses for you know our, our mortgage, our second mortgage, our third mortgage. Um, hey, we got one of those. Yeah, all our stuff came out to about six thousand, sixty five hundred a month. Yes, and with the dump truck, it was well doable. It was so, I mean, even if you only worked two weeks, right, we right, had it. right. I mean, we couldn't do right. extra fun things. So we filed for Chapter Thirteen bankruptcy, which means that you pay back. Yeah. What you owe. It's a consolidation program. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and so we, uh, once we filed, you know, the attorneys got together with the the trustee and and they try and pack all of your debt into what three years or five years or something Both. like that. And so they came to us and they said, okay, well, we've got everything set up and your monthly bankruptcy payment is going to be $8,500 a month. And we didn't find out until we were sitting in front of the stupid trustee. Yeah. I could knock his face off. 8500 uh, How many of you make 8500 a month? If you made 8500 a month, would we be in this situation? Right. Exactly. Right. We don't have that much debt. When we went and, and filed, the, the attorney looked at us like... Why are you here? Right. I don't have enough to make your case. So we had to be creative to actually be accepted. To qualify, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, all right. We got our IRS bill, which was really, compared to what we've had before, was, mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably the smallest one we've ever had. And it's only, yeah, our IRS bill was $24,000. They were also work with you. Yeah, but the only reason it was that much was because we sold the beach house. Right. So it was taxes on that. Yeah. But that one thing changed our world. Yeah. So around, I don't know, Christmas time? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Christmas was desperate time. Oh, yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. We turned into the people that gave to the people that needed. Yeah. And, like, actually had to accept help. Mm Mm-hmm. And you want to be humble? Uh, yeah. humble you so we um, <clears throat> sorry we I prayed about it and I told Rusty one day right after the first year that I feel like this bankruptcy has been so hard because it's not what God wants us to do mm-hmm. and he immediately agreed and I don't know if, if you had been pondering the same thing or I don't know how you for so easily well I mean I just I I mean I knew that 8500 a month was not doable we couldn't do that I mean that that was just mathematically impossible because it's not like everything it's not like every expense you have is in there you know that's 8500 for your debts now we've still got groceries still have truck fuel we still have tuition tuition insurance all that stuff. And so, you know, if you add everything together, our monthly obligations with that $8,500 a month payment are up to like seventeen, eighteen thousand $18,000 a month now. Yeah. And... Without know, it, it's not. Right, right. So... 
So we missed our January payment. And our February. And we missed our February payment. And you know what? I've not been upset about it. I'm sorry. We missed our December payment and, and our January, January payment. Too. It didn't matter. So we're probably going to get a phone call here in the next week or so. It's okay. Uh, saying that they're going to dismiss our case. But it's okay because we're going to pull out of it anyway. Right. Right. We're going to take, and just like a big sister here, we're going to take a day mm-hmm. and get everybody we owe get the numbers for them, sit down and talk to them all. Mm-hmm. He's going to have meetings with people that he needs to meet with. Right. We're going to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this and we're going to trust God mm-hmm. for everything we need. Absolutely. And you know what? We haven't, that's the only way we've gotten through this. Yeah. We have, and the reason is because we were shocked into remembering that it's not this world we need to trust. It's not the money we need to trust. It's mm-hmm. not the giving that we need to be angry about. Rusty had some time in his truck with the, with God. You know, when I started driving the dump truck, um, you know, I went from being with, with you 24-7. Where we want to be. Yeah, to being gone 12 hours a day mm-hmm. and being in the cab of a dump truck. And... You know, about the only thing you can do other than drive is is listen to, you know, YouTube videos. Or podcasts. Or podcasts or whatever. And so when I started driving the truck, I was so angry at God. I was angry, too. Um, because I thought, God, we've just given at least $2 million in your name to help to people. Yeah. Um you know, and the Bible is full of verses saying, uh, you know, God God is generous with you based on your generosity with others. And we never said no. And, uh, I mean, I know that's not an actual verse. I'm just kind of paraphrasing a bunch of verses. As if y'all together. know your Bible dead on, just listen. But I thought, God, you haven't held up your end of the deal. You know, we've given this much, and we can't even breathe now. Yeah. Um. Have we kept every one of those dollars? Uh, I mean, we'd be on easy street for... I'd still have a beach house. Right. By golly. And so I was extremely angry at God. And I thought, you know what? Uh, Not only am I angry at God, but I'm angry at the people who identify as Christians, where when you need help, they turn the other way, Mm -hmm. even when they've got more than they'll ever need. Yeah. And it really just infuriated me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And this book is going to be the lessons I've learned from giving away money. And that's one part. But the other part of the book was I'm going to call out these people that call themselves Christians that love their money, mm-hmm. you know, and don't do anything for God. And so I was determined to write this book. And. You know, the more I thought about it, the madder I got. And, man, I just had so much to say in this book. And six, seven months ago, I was in my truck, and there was a—I was watching a sermon from John MacArthur. And, uh, you know, YouTube suggests videos for you based on what you've— John MacArthur is a very, very smart pastor. Right, right. Look him up. And, uh, and Abby, I know you know who it is. But, yes. Uh, uh, he's, he's done a lot for our lives. Yeah. So anyway, I'm listening to MacArthur, and the next suggested video was from a pastor named Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of Francis Chan. I had. 
and Francis is just this bald Chinese guy. Yeah, short little guy. Yeah, and uh, so I thought, well, you know, I've never heard him, but I'll listen to this one sermon. And I'm I'm not going to go through all the sermons, but I listened to the first sermon and another and another and another and another, and God used those sermons to say, you know, Rusty, you've got it all wrong. You've got it completely wrong. Um, yes, you're going to write a book, but you're not going to write a book about the things you learned. And you're not going to write a book to call out these other people. You're going to write a book and you're going to tell them exactly why I took away everything you guys had. You want to know where we get our parenting from? Right. It's from God. Yeah. And he treats us just like we treat our kids. And so I sat down and I wrote an entire book uh, about why we gave away $2 million and why God, after doing that, why God took away everything and we had. I, when we say everything, and we're talking negative numbers, yeah. like down to zero right. and owing. Right. And it's been hard. Oh, it has been. And, hard. And the book, uh, it, it, it glorifies God throughout the book. Um, like I said, the, the title of it is Outgiving God, because I was absolutely convinced that we had outgiven God. I'll say this. The title has not changed. No. The contents have changed. Oh, the content is nothing like what it was it's, originally it's supposed to be. When he started talking about wanting to write this book, I was sick about it, because I knew that he was to the point where I, mean, I just felt like he was going to pull us out of church. And yeah, he is absolutely our spiritual leader. But if he had, I mean, he was that mad. He would, and I was too. But I also knew that there was a reason we were going through all this crap. But he was to the point that he was like, he had done everything that he thought God had wanted him to do. And God had repaid him with nothing. Mm-hmm. And so. Or had repaid me with punishment. Yeah, yes. And I'm going to tell you this. God doesn't punish. He disciplines. And we've got to remember that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've had to, to remember as we go along is that we are not being punished. We are being disciplined because we were disobedient children, mm-hmm. just like our kids are. Yeah. And to have you to have him smack you in the face with that, that's worse than losing every penny you have. Yeah. It, it just And you know, I'm I'm not going to go through and tell you guys everything in the book about why God took away everything. No, you need to read it. You're going to have to There's read just, the book. It's too, you, but you the can't. book, I will say this. I will say that I believe, honestly, in my heart, that this book is supernaturally written. I know it is. Because, number one, I don't read. <laughs> okay? Number two, I don't write. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've got good grammar, thanks to my you know, high school English teachers, but... I'm not a reader and I'm not a writer. No, but I am. But you are. But when I sat down, I I wrote this entire book in a matter of a few weeks. Yeah. Well, he's still writing. I mean, you're still tweaking. A yeah, bit. I'm tweaking a couple. But things. I've got it, and it's almost ready for press. Yes. So, I recommend it for everybody. Yes. And I'm not talking about people that have money. I'm talking about college kids. Anybody. Everybody. Yes. Because it's not about money. It's about what God is doing in your life. And mm-hmm. if you are not listening and if you're not obedient, what he will do to get to you. Because you are the most important thing to him. Mm-hmm. And 
what you live in or what you own is nothing to him. Yeah. It needs to be nothing to you too. Right. And, and that and the book talks about every bit of that. And he teaches he's taught us that. He's mm-hmm. still teaching us that. Mm-hmm. So when we decided to pull out of bankruptcy, I had the most peace I've ever had. Mm-hmm. As as far as our our finances go. Yeah. And I'm still there. I I mean, I told a friend the other day that I did I would not be shocked to see a foreclosure sign on our house. No. But. I mean, we're. Okay. We're, we're trusting. We're completely trusting God now. And he's put us in the position where that's the only thing we can do. Yeah. As long as. I mean. And, and to be quite honest, um, financially, I have no earthly idea. No. What we're going to do going forward. No. We'll I mean, figure it out. Yeah. He'll help us figure it out. Yeah. But we, we do know now that. When we pray about something, we need to pray His will mm-hmm. and not for a rescue. Right. And like we had. I mean, yeah. that's all we prayed about. God, please rescue us. Take care of us. But and this this book, though, um, I think it will be very well received. Probably not. Um, I mean, people, it, it's going to hurt people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I think it's going to be a, a very popular book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be hard to read. Like John Piper's When I Don't Desire God. Right. Oh, you should read that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I encourage you guys. Um, we're going to, we'll have the book for sale on our website. Uh, yeah, we, we actually, we have this, you know, the ringerpodcast.com. Right. But we also have jackandrusty.com. Yeah. Oh, from this experience from the last three years, and probably all through my life, honestly. I was also shown that I have a heart that is full of anger, mm-hmm. and the anger has done me in, and just resentment to like, oh, I mean, you could hear it in this this episode when I talk about those Christian businessmen. Mm-hmm. I've honestly forgiven them, and it took me, it took God reminding me that He's forgiven me. Yeah, and. It's time to let go of everything and let these people go mm-hmm. because it it kills you from the inside. And you can't walk with him if you have that kind of resentment in your right. heart. So I decided to uh, tell everybody about it mm-hmm. because I feel like it's something that no one really talks about. You know, you hang on to your, you're supposed to forgive, but you don't have to forget. That's not true. Yeah. So I started, uh, I guess it's a movement. I don't know. I'd like for it to be like a national world or worldwide thing, but it's called I Love You Anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I may not agree with what's gone on and I don't like how you treated me, but God loves me and I love you. Right. And she's talking about other people, not me. I mean, not like I I am so mad at him. (laughs) No, I, I have never, there's nothing that would make me say I love you anyway. Right. I don't think my kids, yes, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, um, so th- that's on jackandrusty.com. Mm-hmm. But we'll we can have well, we can share those two links, yeah, on our, our yeah. notes, our podcast notes. But you can you'll be able to find the book there. You can find if you wanted a t shirt. I mean, it's not something I'm trying to promote, I'd rather promote. The whole I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not trying to make any money off of these shirts. Yeah. So, but if you want one, I'd be glad to print you one here right. at the house and send it right. to you. It's not like we need your money. I don't need your money. <laughs> no, 
No, I'd rather I'd rather God work without me earning anything for it. Yeah. And so if you if I could do that just by you opening your mouth and talking to people about that, your shirt is going to start a conversation. Right. Because it's I mean you have a shirt that says I love you anyway. Yeah. I mean seriously, but we've had a lot of people that we've had to forgive, and I'm done with it. Yeah. They I, whatever. So we've got that, and. As far as the finances go, we'll talk about next episode. We'll talk about how to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Don't be stupid with your money. Right. Yeah. This episode, we just kind of wanted to give you our financial story here. But the next episode, this is going to be a two-part episode. The next episode, um, you know, we'll kind of get into the nuts and bolts of actual money and in you know in your marriage. How to keep them from being a stressor. Right. And how to work through those. Right. Honestly, don't even have to research this. Yeah. Because I know. Yeah. But since it is the number one stressor in a marriage, mm-hmm. and I know, I know that you know it could lead to other issues in a marriage. Yeah. So we need to take care of that. Yeah. So Y'all we'll hit that next time. Be smart with your money. Yeah. But that's that's how we know. That's how we're experts on it. Yeah. You've you've heard in an hour how we went from millionaires to zeros. Right. And I'm I'm okay. Yeah. He is too. We're making it. Yep, we're making it. (laughs) But next episode, we'll try to, we probably need to record it before you get back to work on Monday. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, we'll have have this this episode uploaded here shortly, and then the next episode, we'll have it uh, coming next week to you. So, uh, have a good week. Yeah. And I promise it won't take two months to get back. Yeah, thanks for listening. It's good to hang out with y'all.